0: 11 minutes it is after 8 pm. You tuned into a Metro FM talk, and it's our SME exchange, which we bring to you every Tuesday, taking a look. At uh, uh, the conversations that ought to be had in the uh, small business ecosystem, and what we've done over the last few weeks or so is to profile a number of uh, 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 business people and uh, on this particular slot, and how they are responding to the onset of COVID nineteen and uh, some of the limitations that that has imposed, or, or the lockdown has imposed on their operations. Now, uh, it does seem also that uh, it might be uh, proper and poignant for us at this point uh, to also take a look at some of the companies and industries. Uh, that uh, continue to uh, exhibit a lot of resilience and uh, continue to thrive under these conditions and uh, continue to innovate in the space. And uh, my next guest on the business that uh, he founded uh, certainly fits into that fold. His name is Wandile Mukhanedi. He's the founder of Smart Living Properties and Container Structures. And Wandile, good evening to you and welcome to a Metro FM Talk. Hi, Abongile. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm Abonganeh. Yes, my apologies. Yeah, I want to call me Abongile, Ayanda. I think there was a guy yesterday, uh, Manzini. It's just that he was so angry. I didn't have time to stop him. But thank you very much, (laughs) Dealer, for joining us. Um, And and maybe uh, let's start off uh, with just the story behind Smart Living Properties. How did the idea come about? And uh, more importantly, uh, we do understand that this is a self-funded endeavor. Uh, Talk to us about how you managed to uh, uh, put your sense together and uh, uh, set up this kind of operation.
1: Yes, uh thanks for that. um so how the whole business started is that um uh two years ago, I actually fell in love with the whole idea of alternative building. so as a profession, I'm an architect um so with being in the in the building environment, uh alternative material was one of the things that really fascinated me so along the years with my knowledge and gaining experience. Um, I decided to go into business, which I funded Green uh, Properties, which has been operating since uh,
0: 2018. And, and uh, I mean, I guess, you know, the choice, uh, uh, because you suggest that you, you're an architect, the choice of going into a container architecture, when you decided to make that plunge into that space, where, where was uh, the world of container architecture? I mean, I remember a few years ago, it was probably a few NGOs and a few quirky people. Uh, who were setting up structures like this, but uh, since then uh, they've certainly have become uh, a very popular and a fashionable thing to do
1: uh yes, so a couple of years ago, as you said um it wasn't really known to say so um it, it, it was actually a very interesting space for one to to get into such as myself uh being very fascinated in the whole structure, and the reason why we actually decided to go into the whole container part of it is that uh most of these Shipping containers were actually used for cargo, and with years being placed in depots, um, for me, I just saw a business opportunity that these storage units can actually be used or can be repurposed into something more economy, uh, economic, you know. Uh, so that's when we had the idea of actually repurposing them into various building forms, such as uh, accommodation, uh, pop-up stores, libraries for schools, and other solutions
0: so so what does that process involve maybe maybe talk talk us through that that value chain because uh, i mean a lot of people initially would just see that as a recycling of shipping containers but i guess you know the more people do this uh, the more that would drive up demand for some of these recycled recycled containers how does that process work where do you go to find the container how do you convert it um and you know do you need similar permissions to set it up as you maybe would if you were setting up a house in in the traditional brick and mortar structure
1: Yes. So, uh, in, in, essence, most of the shipping containers come through from China. Uh, so where we sort our containers are from the depots, uh, mainly from Durban, which they get transported to, to Johannesburg, uh, at City Then that's where we make our purchases. And the whole construction part of it, uh, it, it, it's very technical, you know, so a, a, a lot of planning and thinking, if you go behind it, a lot of cutting, a lot of welding is involved. But, um, the whole essence about this is that the same materials that you will use in a brick and mortar structure, such as the windows and doors, are the same fittings that you would use inside the shipping container. You know, so for us, it's more of a new element with a bit of a twist to it, you know, to give it that industrial look. So, um, with that said, uh, it, it, it's technical, but one we need, um, but one we need to get more knowledge. And it, 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 it's a skill that one needs to master and it takes a couple of years to actually get into it and actually know that there is isn't out mm. of the, the content. Yeah. So it's more of mixing construction and industrial, you know.
0: And then how do you service the sites? I mean, I'm thinking sort of the tubing and the piping for the elect- electrical lines, the water. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, we've seen some of this in modular homes that are off the grid. And I often wonder how, you know, you're able to, I guess, link glass and everything else uh, to create a structure that people can live in because, I mean, the shipping containers aren't necessarily made for that. Yes, no, very true.
1: So what we do is that um, once, we, once we cut out the, the, the containers, we actually insulate it. So there's different types of materials that go into it. So in most instances, we use uh, panels, chromatic panels. Um, so it also depends on the finishes and we also use drywalling which gave it that nice plussty look you know so once mm. you inside a container it doesn't feel like you actually inside a steel structure.
0: sure sure yeah okay and then I guess the, the other question of course is the financing of a business like this I mean uh, you know in some cases uh, uh, one would think that there has been some resistance to building in the way that you build designing in the way that you're designing. Uh, You know, the other question is, how how did you go out and convince, as your business grew, the people to actually underwrite some of that scaling and some of that success in a space that in many ways, I guess, is is a novel space and a very new one for for us here in South Africa?
1: Yes, no, very true. Um, To be honest, when I started the business, um, I had no financing backup. So I had to, to, to actually save. And with my knowledge... Uh, So when I started the business, I actually didn't have no financing whatsoever. So the only thing I had with me was my skill and my mouth, you know. So I would actually design, I would actually design the um, the containers, you know, from accommodation to a shopping center. I would design it, put up a proposal and actually go to a lot of institutes to actually fund the model. And it has been a bit of a challenge, reason being, um, you know, as you said, a lot of people aren't really familiar that containers can be converted into into other building forms. So it was a bit of a challenge going to funding into presenting uh, our business model. And uh, you know, I would say along the lines, we were we were shut down a lot. But for me, I actually saw it as a blessing. You know, so once we after a whole lot of uh, proposing, we decided actually to go back and actually sit down and restructure our businesses where we actually came up with a model where we wanted to finance our mm. first models, our first prototypes. Which uh, we started the prototype, but once the prototypes were done, we actually went back to back to the to the funding institute and like we've got a model that works. We've got a physical structure because one of the things that we've noticed is that whenever we show uh, an investor a design, they like what we present to them, but they can't really visualize you know, because whenever we speak containers, they don't really see containers. So we had to actually yeah, put yeah. our heads together and actually get uh, source a bit of learning there and there to actually uh, be able to actually get this model going. And once we actually did that, that's where the whole interest came about. And because that, people were really, were really shocked that this can be done using this. So that's where the whole thing started.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm quite interested in the kind of, uh, you know, creations that have come out of this. Um, you know, anything from... Yeah. Uh, incubation hubs, uh, youth and training development facilities, shopping centers, open-air malls. You also dabble in student accommodation as well. Talk to me about, I guess, depending on the use of what you're building, uh, the compliance implications that come with that. I mean, I would think that if if you're trying to build for residential vis-a-vis industrial purposes, there would be different things that you would have to consider from a compliance perspective.
1: Yes, no, most definitely. So initially when we started, uh, I thought of get back on what was done. So, uh, according to the municipality, usually shipping containers are considered as temporary structures, you know, because they are movable. So once there started being a lot of, uh, interest around it, uh, the municipality started looking into the units, into actually looking at alternative building, which, um, it, they are in the process of actually regulating it as part of, uh, as part of the, as part of the building uh... infrastructure in the country so um... yeah so it, 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 it was a bit of a challenge but the, in terms of the rules and regulations yeah we, it does comply
0: and then i mean where to from here when you look at your business model or maybe tell you what let's do this let's pause here for a second take a quick spot break when we come back uh, you'll let us know where some of your thoughts are and uh, also i guess uh, where uh, your business model is now what was COVID-19 and uh, what all of that means Uh, but also one would think that uh, with some of the off-grid opportunities here, that uh, you're probably getting a lot of demand from people who are uh, fed up and uh, very angry with uh, some of the intermittent access we've had to electricity uh, with uh, all that's happening at ESCOM. Let's pause here and take a quick spot break. When we come back, we'll continue. 22 minutes it is after 8 p.m. It's our SMB Exchange, which we bring to you every Tuesday, uh, taking a look at uh, all the happenings in the small and medium-sized enterprise ecosystem. And uh, this evening, uh, we have the opportunity to uh, take a look at the world of container architecture and the building using... Uh, converted shipping containers uh, to build anything from tuck shops to shopping centers to alternative housing and student accommodation uh, right through to stalls for informal traders and uh, markets and a fully customized bars and coffee shops so certainly uh, a wide vista of opportunities that are open uh, to uh, anybody who's considering building uh, with this kind of structure and uh, have you found uh, one dealer, and uh, that uh, many people come to you and say look you know, we're looking to set up this structure uh, because we find that it's maybe cheaper to set up uh, or that it's uh, probably a bit more convenient uh, due to the mobility sometimes of the solution. And in some cases, uh, people who come and say, I've bought the land, but now I want you to be able to assist me to, to, to now build on top of that.
1: Um, yes. Um, so we do get a, a, a few queries uh, in that sense where there are people who actually are interested in their units. units. Um, being affordable as well as being quicker than your normal know, uh, traditional brick and mortar structure uh, construction. Mm. Yes, and um, and, that's, and funny enough, if I may add, um, uh, recently we've been getting a lot of inquiries of people who are looking to invest in properties, you know, so they can actually get a rental income from it. Mm. So a lot, of, yeah. So on social media, it has created a, um, a bit of a buzz. You know, so which you know in the beginning when 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 we were getting out of inquiries we didn't really much understand at this time why there have been so many inquiries coming in for the same thing, and with a lot of research that we, we we did behind it, we actually noticed that you know due to the whole pandemic uh that's been happening and a lot of people being laid off from from, from the workplace um a lot of people received the the product the the the, the savings package. And one of the things they decided to do is that they wanted to invest in in property where they can actually put at the back of the yard as a rental. So build like personal units, three or four of them, and actually get tenants to rent them out. So it has Mm. been very interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and when you look at where, I guess, the new areas of growth potentially could be, I mean, we were talking yesterday about a story of uh, uh, the Limpopo government uh, having a ribbon-cutting exercise for what effectively were shacks. I mean... Uh, uh, because, you know, some people might lump you in the same and say, you know, this is a shortcut to building proper structures. But if you think about some of the modular and other structures that have emerged from the conversion of uh, shipping containers, uh, some of them look even better than the the more traditional houses. What role do you think this kind of architecture can play in overcoming those really difficult challenges of housing and uh, really i guess um, co-locating that housing to economic opportunity so that you don't replicate yes. what we've done with rdp where you know we, we place people on the margins of the society and still uh, end up having a situation where they pay most of what they earn uh, towards transport costs because of how far they live from opportunity yes
1: yes no um actually this is a very new innovative way which uh we feel that it's a new way to go you know uh, as a country, I feel like we're still used to the traditional brick and mortar. And, mm-hmm. and, and for us as a business, we believe in change. And, you know, change comes with new ideas and new innovations, which, this is what we are part of, which is what we're doing as a business. We've been more innovative. And, you know, as you mentioned about the Limpopo structures being erected, um, in Limpopo by the, um, by the premier, uh, we actually saw that and it was a bit shocking, but, with our model uh it, 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 it actually works you know it, it, you know from the outside it is appealing and in the inside it doesn't feel like you're inside a inside of brick and mortar structure you know so mm-hmm. if, if I may add um currently we are busy building a prototype in Orlando soweto uh which is in uh, um, a, 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 the person who owns the, the property which has in the backyard so we came in and, and asked if we uh, and asked if we can just rent out a piece of space at the back where we have these shipping containers at the back to see how the market uh, relates to it. And it has actually created a lot of interest. A lot of people are really finding it very fascinating. And, you know, in the beginning, they were really shocked when they see trucks coming in to drop these containers mm-hmm. off. And they were thinking that, you know, drop is paza. And as time went on, they were really, really surprised. And you know, and we really feel that it's about time that the country shifted um, in, in, in a new, diverse way, and this is just our part to actually show our initiative and directly the it. And apart from breaking motor structure, mm. here's another solution that's quicker to build and actually uh, habitable.
0: Yeah, possibilities of off-grid. I mean, I made mention of that before we went to the break. That uh, I think a lot of people yeah. will be considering uh, some of the possibilities that come with off-grid solutions. Uh, at least yeah. of all, in the immediate, in response to the challenges we have with Eskom.
1: No, very true. So the unit can can go off grid uh, by using solar panels. We have supplied um, one of our units, which we were doing a prototype where we actually put the unit using solar panels, which uh, it part by itself. You know, so it ran off grid. The only thing that we did was that we had to deliver it to a site and just turn on the plug, and the unit just ran by itself. Oh,
0: cool. okay. Um, And and when you think about all of this, uh, I mean, what for you would be the two or three things that uh, I guess in in the near future in this particular space are going to be massive, uh, you know, innovations and even drivers of the next phase of this and uh, what it's going to mean for our human settlement challenges. Uh, If you saw any trend in the space, uh, what would that be?
1: So um, I think it will play a big role in the human settlement space. You know, so mm. as, as we've seen that uh, a lot of people are in need of shelter, and we, with, as part of what 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 we do, we urge governments uh, as well as corporates to come and assist in actually erecting these units to us uh, to actually help out for social housing purposes for people.
0: Okay, okay. we'll have to leave it there. And one uh, dealer, thank you very much uh, for taking time out to speak to us uh, this evening and uh, sharing with us uh, the journey that you've undertaken. Uh, in the world of business fascinating model here and uh, yeah. we'll certainly watch uh, the growth and the scaling of this business uh, with a close interest thank you very much
1: yeah, thank you very much for having me on the show
0: awesome stuff that there was a one deal is the founder of smart living properties and container structures and uh, yeah building anything from libraries offices school tuck shops coffee shops and uh, informal trades traders and marketplaces right through to uh, youth training and development centers using uh, converted shipping containers. Let me know what you think about that. Love to hear from you. Give us a ring 89 110 Let's take a brief break now. When we come back, we take a look at uh, some of the happenings uh, in the community of Mpakeni where it seems the fear of wild animals from the Mtetumusha Game Reserve uh, has uh, instilled a significant amount of fear in the community and people in the area are claiming that some of these animals are moving freely in the area and attacking some of their livestock. Now, uh, the residents are claiming that uh, the challenge started when the fence around the park was damaged. We'll also check in uh, with uh, what's happening in the economic freedom fighters who have called for a closure of the Zimbabwean embassy in South Africa. Stay tuned.